Welcome to Tattooed Freaks in Business Suits, recorded live in the kitchen of the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon. As a professional career coach, I help people navigate the hiring mage to get to the jobs they really love. And uh, I, in addition to working with Job Seekers one-on-one, I do have a book out there available. How you can find how to get a job without going crazy on Amazon or of course on my website too. My guest today is Miranda Whitesides and we are going to talk about diversity and the ink ceiling and just that whole play of diversity in the workplace. Always a fun topic. Yay! <laughs> uh, so overall, our show's purpose is to explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X, Millennials, and those to come after seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. Every show, we will explore a topic related to business or job searching. And of course, we're going to talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top-rated career coaching service. We focus on the practical tools for your job search, including resumes, LinkedIn profiles, job search coaching, and ongoing classes. Please check out our ridiculously long website, personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com, or, you know, just Google it. Well, thank you very much for coming in today, Miranda. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about you and your work? Sure, Donna. Thanks for having me. So I work for a federal shared services center that does services for various federal agencies for HR, financial management, and acquisitions. And I work on the HR side. We train in uh, our in-house personnel and payroll system. Uh, so we train various agencies like the EPA, the Social Security Administration, and NASA. They all use our product. Mm -hmm. So I go out to these folks and I train them how to use the system literally, uh, in addition to data reporting tools and learning management systems, things of that nature. Uh, I also train in-house for our Bureau uh, Diversity and Inclusion courses via Franklin Covey. Mm -hmm. So I trained about uh, 650 of our staff so far. We're still kind of working with some additional folks down the line. Uh, so that's kind of a supplemental duty that I have as well. So is that all training here in Denver or are you going across the country and, and training people for that? We have offices around the country. Uh, our bureau itself has offices in Denver, Boise, DC, Herndon, Virginia, Sierra Vista, Arizona, uh, Anchorage, Alaska. I haven't got to go there yet, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as my other duties, uh, yeah, we have agencies all around the country. Most of our clients are in DC, but I've I've also been sent to Las Vegas, which was kind of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, we also uh, were sent to Huntsville, Alabama. NASA has a space center down there. So every once in a while, we get to have a bit of a change of scenery. But mostly, it's Denver and D.C. as our biggest audience. Good, so, mm -hmm. good. So when it comes to thinking about company culture uh, and diversity, one of the things that I think is an issue, because you hear it a lot right now, especially for job seekers, that uh, we want somebody who will fit with our company culture and sometimes i almost feel like that's code for it's almost like personality discrimination because it can lead into groupthink so um for those of you who don't know what that is can you tell us a little bit about what groupthink means sure the groupthink is kind of this phenomenon where say for example we're in a meeting and we're discussing some ideas and someone throws out an idea and then the whole group just kind of goes okay yeah sure let's go with that 
no one really feels comfortable maybe bringing up their own idea or they don't think they can or maybe they just don't think their idea is going to work. Maybe it's not necessarily the group. Maybe they just don't think that their idea will be valued by the group or they're just nervous to bring something up. Basically, what it boils down to is people just, it, they agree mm -hmm. with everything. They don't necessarily challenge or they bring up their own ideas. They don't feel comfortable doing so for one reason or another. So that can lead to this idea just being generally accepted by the group with no further discussion. Right. So absolutely, that's something that company culture, which that's funny in itself. I actually had to take a survey today that asked us, what do you think your company's culture is like? In no. one word. <laughs> and I had a hard time answering that. I mean, yeah. how, how can you hire people if you're not even sure what your company's culture is? Yeah. Uh, so that that's an interesting thought where, okay, is it really the culture that we want or is it the culture that we're stuck with? Sometimes with organizations they think they know what they want but they have a culture that's really set in stone and they do tend to only think in that way yeah and since they're looking for people of that culture they're not necessarily looking to expand that culture they're looking for a fit versus a culture growth so yeah to speak. yeah it's a and i think this is going to start to become a trend over the next few years mm -hmm. that uh well everybody loved the idea of having a company culture that works hiring to that doesn't help expand the abilities within your group. So I'll give you one example. I used to work for this biodiesel company here in town. Biggest group of introverts I ever, ever worked with. And, and it's no secret, I'm not 100% introvert myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually an ambivert, but I come across as very, you know, extroverted. I'm in that boat too. <laughs> yeah. And their situation was a lot of engineers very deep thinkers. They they were convinced they had such a highly technical product that only engineers could work with it or sell it. So I was doing their recruitment for them and they were trying to sell a new, buy, uh, hire a new sales engineer. And I'm like, okay, what we need is the smart salesman that you can teach the science to. And they go, no, we need an engineer who's a great salesperson. And I'm like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow, guys. And not only that, they they were very management heavy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you need a boots on the ground, you know, pavement hitting, phone call making sales guy who can understand science. And they go, nope. What they hired was a vice president of sales who was a chemical engineer. And guess what? Very introverted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I just wanted to throw up my hands and go, you're not going to get different results by hiring everybody who looks like you. It's like you've heard the definition of insanity, right? You try mm -hmm. the same thing over and over again and yeah. with expecting different results kind of a thing. And ultimately, this boils down to people being comfortable with what they're comfortable with. Right. right. And th well, they thought they did a great job on diversity because he was of Indian descent. Because oh, color is the only thing that diversity matters for. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's something that I mentioned with my Disrupt HR talk, uh, that it's not just color. It's not just gender. There are so many other factors now with diversity that are coming to the forefront. Mm -hmm. uh, age, education level, what kind of job you have. You mentioned the engineers. They, sometimes they do tend to be introverted based on the work that they do. They may not have a lot of that mm -hmm. interaction with people, so they're comfortable with it. We have programmers at my office that are kind of the same way. We're warned, hey, 
the programmers are a certain way, so you need to talk to them a certain way. Yeah, don't do scare, don't scare <laughs> programmers. Right. Yeah. right, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So definitely, that that is kind of a an issue when companies think we're comfortable with this type of person. This is the culture we have. We might as well keep hiring with this. But it's like, well, do you want to stay relevant? Mm -hmm. Do you want to stay on top of the trends? Do you want to be a good business? If you're representing your your customer base you just having the same type of person isn't going to work. Yeah. Because the, your customer base is probably not going to reflect that necessarily. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what do you think of this whole idea of, of like di diversity of thought in the workplace? Sure. Well, it boils down to no two people are going to be exactly alike. Mm -hmm. We all have these different buckets or these different categories that we fall into and people can make assumptions about us based on those things. But when it boils down to it, Every single person is gonna be different. We could connect with somebody because they have a similarity with us, mm -hmm. maybe even a difference from us, but we have to realize that everybody's gonna think about things differently, yeah. and that should be embraced, really. Uh, we all are raised differently by different people with different beliefs themselves. We all have different experiences. We all are friends with different people. So that's gonna to lead to us thinking about problems in completely different ways and reach different avenues to get there and that could lead to fresh innovative ways to tackle problems that maybe you wouldn't have thought of or your colleague wouldn't have thought of that mm -hmm. could work for different types of people or a wider audience of people right so embracing that idea that we all are different makes that a little bit easier versus saying we need this many Indian people, for example, or this many white people, or this many women, because they're going to think a certain way. Not necessarily. Right. We're all going to be different in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the best hires I've ever made through throughout the entire career of my company, I've been doing this full time since 2011, is uh, I actually hired somebody on the autism scale. Mm -hmm. You know, it, um, it's like high functioning Asperger's. And, you know, at first I was all like, well, this person's really, really different from me. How am I going to get along with them in the office? And do I want to deal with this personality all day? And then I started to stop and think about it. Go, wait a minute. I'm way over on the other scale of let's just go for it on everything and fly by the seat of her pants and we'll figure out how to operate the parachute on the way down. And this other person's like, I want to go take a skydiving course and I want to triple check having my parachute on right. And I want to know exactly what altitude to pull the cord, so to speak. And that's awesome for me because it makes me able to reach a wider audience because she fills in the holes that I don't see. Absolutely. No, nobody is going to be one complete way of thinking, really. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned, we, we're all kind of filling in each other's holes, each other's gaps of knowledge, that kind of thing. What I love about my work group is my boss definitely recognizes that. He tries to make sure that while he, we have certain values, of course, in our organization, he wants people to think about things in different ways and encourages us to expand what we could do and expand beyond our own way of thinking. So. That was a great hire you made, I think. <laughs> Obviously for me, yeah. yes. Just uh, It's been an awesome experience. And it makes me realize my weaknesses and makes me better. Certainly. and Absolutely. And that's what great employees do, is they make managers better. Mm -hmm. So another thing that we were kind of talking about is there's a lot more acceptance 
of body modification and tattoos and stuff like that in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm Gen X, and when we first started getting all our tattoos, even though in the 90s we were, like, the rebellious and uh, extreme and all the rest, you know, tribal tattoos and and all the rest of those (laughs) stereotypes. Nose piercings, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But by and large, we started our ink where it could be easily covered. Mm -hmm. So we were still conscious that eventually we're going to grow out of going to the warp tour and we're going to have to get regular jobs so we're going to have everything covered up mm-hmm. and a lot of millennials don't do that they start with highly visible tattoos first um so even though there's a lot of companies that are now more accepting towards tattoo and body modification you've seen that there's still some lingering stigma towards it absolutely um as you mentioned it has certainly gotten better Uh, I was just kind of doing some reading on some of the industries maybe that still aren't quite as accepting of it. Healthcare is definitely a big one. I I saw a story about a woman who actually refused refused service from an EMT Mm. when when she was having a heart attack, I believe, and just because he had some visible body art. Yeah. Like, man, you're dying. You're not going to let this guy take care of you just because he has some tattoos. Yeah. I find that really interesting. Yeah. Um, and granted, even that's getting a little better. I have a friend who works at Children's Hospital down in the Springs, and I asked her, well, what about your body art? She doesn't have a whole lot, but she has something on her arm that can be visible. Um, and she said it's it's not really a big deal if they don't cover it up. I mean, certain hospitals, it might become an issue. They even have a gentleman there who has something on his chest that's fairly visible. Mm. Uh, and she actually pointed out, well, maybe it's a gender difference, too, because most of the women there, the women nurses, don't have a lot of ink. Maybe yeah. it doesn't come up a whole lot, but for the men, it doesn't seem to be a big issue at all. Right. Uh, now, it does yeah. matter what the subject matter is. Absolutely. Is, yes, like, yes. I, I was going to come to that. Uh, actually, I, I saw that Starbucks just recently finally mm-hmm. was becoming more accepting of letting folks show their ink. Uh, I have a coworker that used to work at Starbucks, and he's got the full sleeves going on. And he used to have to wear long sleeves and cover everything up. And, you know, he's working with drinks all day. His sleeves are getting wet. It's like, yeah. okay, once the manager leaves, I'm rolling them back up because... Most of the people that buy the coffee from there aren't really going to care. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately is a lot of concern with management. It's not so much, oh, I don't think your tattoos are bad, but I'm worried about what our customers are going to think. They might think that you're a vagabond or whatever because you have this visible body art. And and maybe because the general acceptance has gotten better, that's why companies have gotten more lax about it. Now, that being said, you mentioned the content is still very important. Yeah. And that, that is a stipulation that Starbucks had. As long as it's something appropriate, then it would be fine. Or I don't think they allow it on the neck or the face or something like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because there is still kind of stigma behind that. A lot of prison and gangs, things right. of that nature. Which, of course, that's not entirely true. Right. But there's still that stigma there. But Well, my ex-husband... His, when he finally got something done on his forearm, mm-hmm. so it's like on his wrist side, total full forearm, naked woman. Mm. Yeah. And then he went into healthcare after being in construction after that. So he has to wear full sleeves all the time. Right. Because And now he's a surgical tech, so it's like literally the patients don't see him. But, but you he's still got to cover it up. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> I was actually talking with a gal who does recruitment for the fire department. Mm-hmm. Same thing, you know. Yeah, I always think of when the I've seen the I've seen the calendars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad to look at, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's the same thing. They they're pretty accepting of body art, but 
just like the person who refused service, if it's something below the forearms, they have to be real careful about what they're getting done. Mm-hmm. I mean, being careful overall, and I mean, even the military isn't very cool about having folks with body art below their elbows, below their knees at all. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much that you can't get any tattoos, but still the visible mm-hmm. stigma in addition to the... Uh, the content with it. And I think that's where most of the issue comes is when people assume, oh, you have a tattoo, period. You're of this group where you're rebellious or you're not a good employee or you did jail time or you're part of a gang, you do drugs, whatever it is. Yeah. And people are becoming more cognizant that that's not so much the case. We still have some folks though out there. Uh, I had to do diversity training in Arizona and I had a gentleman come up to me after the training and he said, you know, at first I saw your tattoos, which I just have a couple on my chest here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just chakras, nothing offensive or anything. But he was like, I was not too hip on listening to you when I saw that you had tattoos. And, wow. And uh, the gauges and the nose ring and all of that. So, mm-hmm. but but he said, you know, after you were done, I, I thought you had a lot of great things to say. So... It's experiences like that that I think make people realize just because someone has this does not mean they're not a good person or they're not a good employee. Right. And and I think there is just the social acceptance, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I've read that uh, 40% of millennials have some sort of body ink. Absolutely. And And I read some statistic that I think over 80 or 90% of millennials don't think it should matter in the workplace if you have any visible body art or not. Right. So... Yeah, but no. but love and hate on the nickels, probably not so much. Maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that some of the more con- uh, traditionally conservative fields have different thoughts about tattoos. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are some of the ones that you've seen, especially like in your experience with NASA? How does NASA feel about tattoos? Well, the government, surprisingly, is one of the more lax groups. Really? About it. Yeah. I'm, I am surprised by that. They, I, I've worked for a couple of agencies now, and it, it does kind of depend on whether you're a front facing employee or not. Uh, I used to work for the park service and I don't recall seeing any park rangers with any ink. Huh. That's not to say they're not out there, but I haven't seen any myself, but there's not necessarily any restrictions by the government saying you can't have any tattoos past this point or that they're visible or anything like that. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, I, I have a, a couple of coworkers that I spoke to this week that are fully decked out with all of it. Uh, Maybe the one exception being TSA. One of them used to work for TSA, and he definitely had to cover up because they are very visible to the public, because they do kind of work in that hostile environment where they're dealing with not a lot of very happy people for the most part. Mm -hmm. So that is a restriction that they had. Um, As far as NASA, I can't say I'm too familiar with their own policy. Uh, If they have folks working in an office, it's probably similar to what what I deal with in my own office, where as long as it's not offensive, then you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more how you present yourself kind of a thing versus what the body art looks like. Uh, as far as the astronauts, that would be interesting to see considering they're mostly covered up anyway. So yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't speak to that, but. Right, right. Yeah, so, but there's not a ton of tattooed federal employees. Mm-hmm. They're out there for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's still a pretty low audience. And I, I actually read that location can be a big factor yeah. Uh, D.C. Don't see a lot of people with tattoos in D.C. It's still a very business-oriented, very politically-oriented city. 
And who knows, it could be all those people that are just wearing suits and they're just got all their stuff underneath and no one can tell that they have it. Right. Uh, but I, I read an article about a gal who was, who was a hairdresser, which that's a pretty accepted field to have that kind of art done. Uh, she riding the subway, but just getting some pretty weird looks from people. Granted, mm -hmm. it is a touristy area, so you're going to get people from all over the country, people from other uh, countries even. Uh, so she commented on how she just felt kind of out of place just riding the subway in D.C., having all that ink done. Right. Um, so that could contribute to it. But as far as actual policy restricting the body art, for the most part, the government's pretty lax about it. Yeah. And it could be because we are the biggest workforce too in the country that could be so there's that that could be mm -hmm. and you know one of the the things that you know i kind of toy around with a, an idea is the ink ceiling so the ink ceiling is like you know what you know women have faced for a long time the glass mm -hmm. ceiling you can see you can only get so far mm -hmm. and then you can't break a, up ahead you can see it but you can't get any higher so the idea with the ink ceiling being, yep, you can make it all the way through middle management, but we're not going to hire you as the CEO because you've got something tattooed on the back of your neck. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, so my daughter actually had a discrimination case because of her piercings mm. in her tattoos. And the company she worked for, when hired her, knowing she had the facial piercings, had a policy on their books that said no facial piercings. She worked there a year and a half, and they never enforced it. Mm. And then all of a sudden, they decided they were in a clear house, and they started enforcing it. And they're like, you have to take these piercings out if you're going to work here. And she's like, well, I can't, because it was like an eyebrow piercing, and it would, like, grow over. Right. And, um, and then she brought up it was part of her religion. And they're like, well, I don't believe that. And they fired her anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, you can see where this one's going. Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, she brought it to the EEOC for a discrimination case based on religious. Based, and they were like, well, we're small. We don't fall under that category. And, well, EEOC in Colorado is enforceable down to one employee. Yeah, so that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas federal, I believe, is fifteen. Is it yeah. somewhere around? It's there, ten yeah. or fifteen employees, mm -hmm. and then they were also a franchise, and but they own three different stores. Mm -hmm. So they de they still went over the threshold because of the three different stores, right? And because they had a policy on the books but never enforced it, and she brought up facts like the. Um, can't remember the organization now, but there is a church out there, a body modification. And she, you know, it's a real legitimate thing. People mm -hmm. believe in their piercings and their body modification and their art to the point where it's a religious expression. And some of mine are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, employers have to look out for that because just having a blanket policy saying you can't have tattoos and squashing people at a certain level because of it right. is going to end up costing them in the end. Absolutely. And I, I was reading some stories, too, about some, some of the guys that get the Samoan work done, Yeah, uh, the more tribal art. Um, but that is a part of their culture. That is a part of their religion. So that, that does become a problem when, like you said, that blanket, nope, nobody can have tattoos whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And it boils down to, okay... Is it the piercings that are the problem or the employee? Like, what is, was she mm -hmm. doing good work? Was she a good employee? Mm -hmm. Then why do the piercings matter? Uh, if we go back to the healthcare thing, we've, some people have argued, oh, it's a sanitary issue. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, 
not when it's healed. <laughs> when yeah. it's healed, it should be fine. And as it's healing, I mean, how is that any different than if you got a burn or if you got a cut or anything, any other kind of open wound? Is yeah. that going to be a bigger issue? And I think that's another stigma. You hear stories about people getting STDs or something through getting tattoos or whatever, but that's not always the case. If you go to a good tattoo artist, one that's clean and whatnot, then you're fine. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's yet another stigma that can pop up. Yeah. Jasmine's so, a professional piercer. Mm -hmm. My dad, who has a PhD in engineering, he did a lot of stuff with NASA, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's very much the opposite scale, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on, on piercings and all the rest of the tattoos makes him uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he was shocked to learn that my daughter has OSHA certifications and bloodborne pathogen handling certifications because he did not realize the professionalism required to work in a legitimate shop. Absolutely. I wouldn't want to go get a tattoo done by a guy in an alley just... Or in my kitchen. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or worse, in their kitchen. Heaven forbid. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, as long as they've got a good, clean setup, I know a lot of these guys take it very seriously. They they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And this just goes back to the stigma that tattoos are icky. Tattoos are for drug users and mm -hmm. people have been to jail and all of that. So, and it's just going to have to keep progressing from there. Yeah. That's a seriously taken field. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like those things where you see people now who are working in, in a hajib. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce I know, I am horrible. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I just can't pronounce it. Right. <laughs> but I love it when I see that kind of diversity in a workplace. Mm -hmm. You know, because I, I just think it's really cool to see all of our different cultures merging and meshing. And that you don't have to put aside your religious garb to be a good employee. Right. You don't have to feel like you need to conform to that group think, that mm -hmm. company culture, whatever it is. Uh, and I was thrilled, too, when I came to my organization, seeing the people with the, the various body art and the piercings. I mean, I saw some of that in my previous agency, but this was different. It just it felt like you weren't getting weird looks because of it. You weren't getting yeah. judged because of it. It was a very different atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that ink sealing earlier. I talked to some of my colleagues about it and at my current organization they haven't felt that way mm -hmm. granted in their previous organizations they did feel a little bit discriminated against by it uh granted once they did good work they were told by their management you know you are a great employee uh none of them necessarily had higher management experience and that's to say none of the higher management at my organization do have any visible work done. Mm -hmm. And that is something that comes up when the diversity class that we train in, we ask people, okay, what's your initial reaction to someone who fits this category, who fits this category? So we say they're a different color than you, or um, they're maybe LGBT or something like that. And we bring up the heavily tattooed mm -hmm. argument. And pretty much everybody goes, I don't know if I want someone with that many tattoos being that visible to the customers. Yeah. So yeah. they always mention that. Mm -hmm. And I even asked my boss, I said, you know, our branch is probably the most visible branch in our organization. We go out to the clients physically and see them all the time. Have you ever been uncomfortable with the fact that I do that with my tattoos? Not that I'm very heavily tattooed, but I have some that are visible depending on what I'm wearing. And he said, does it affect your work? Mm -hmm. Does it affect how good of a trainer you are? It doesn't. And I've never once had a review that said that she was great except for her tattoos yeah. kind of a thing. So I'm hoping that throughout the years we start to see more higher executives with more of these 
with more of these visible tattoos, more of these body piercings. You know, we see these articles, which is great, of more women becoming yeah. CEOs, CFOs. Maybe one day we'll finally get one that's got gauges that are as big. Yeah. <laughs> big old half gauges like that. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we're almost to the end of our show and we get to talk about one of my favorite parts of the show which is our tattoo of the day yeah and miranda i want to know uh you've got you mentioned that you've got like i think you told me nine i've got nine yeah, yeah. and i've i'm actually i don't want to say guilty but i'm one of the people that was like maybe i should keep most of mine hidden just mm -hmm. in case of the workforce which they're not that bad um i have two on my chest here nice and then one on my forearm actually if i take off my jacket here real quick yeah it's nothing too bad. It's just a little yeah, so Kurt it's, Vonnegut quote. Oh, nice. So it's it's radio. You got to tell us what it is. Sure. So it says, so it goes. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of help let go of the little things and just life moves on and whatnot. Mm -hmm. The two on my chest are two chakras. Um, I have all of the chakras done. Um, and they're energy centers mm -hmm. in the body, kind of a Hindu Buddhist kind of idea. Um, so if you want to bring back the religion thing, so some of my ideology. Yeah. I also have two F holes on my back, uh, like from a violin. I used nice. to play cello. Uh -huh. So I have those as well, kind of inspired by the Man Ray photograph of the woman in the turban with the two F holes on her back. So I got that there. Um, I also have some artwork from Damien Rice, who's a folk singer, on my rib cage between me and my best friend. We bonded over him, so we got that. Nice. Um, as far as the tattoo of the day, I think I mentioned to you when we were emailing each other, uh, I have two of the chakras on the back of my neck which are the they're very large pieces they're very large pieces yeah <laughs> we'll get uh, some pictures we'll put them on our yes Instagram we should get page. pictures that's that's the beauty of it right mm -hmm. uh so this is the third eye and the crown chakra put together oh. i used to have just the ohm there i had a friend who passed away in high school so a bunch of us got the ohm symbol in commemoration for him and those two chakras their center symbols look very similar to the ohm symbol so i thought well how am i going to do this and i figured well why don't i combine them into one piece make them kind of unique so i'd say that's probably out of i mean i love all of my work but this one's definitely one of my favorites cool so. cool so uh and who is it that did your work and where are they located uh, most of my work has been done at mantra tattoo which is just off of colfax and wadsworth in lakewood colorado in lakewood yeah yep. that's right um uh, the one who did the one on the back of my neck ben parker he's no longer there he has another studio that's um a bit further east on colfax i think just off of federal um i don't recall the name of the shop right now but uh he's done some work uh, kid from Mantra, Mike O'Farrell. Uh, I've had quite a few, pretty much anyone from there is a good bet. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we will have the contact information for the shop on there. And uh, so uh, my producer always reminds me, if you like what you've heard here, hit the like button. Please be sure to follow us on whatever platform you're following us on. And uh, Miranda, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, so I do have a LinkedIn page. My name is spelled with a Y, so that's probably the big thing that people mess up with my name. So M-Y-R-A-N-D-A. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can certainly reach out to me on my LinkedIn page. I also have a, a just a Hotmail account, as dated as that might sound. 
It's not and AOL. And Gmail, too. Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. It's not AOL. Um, mm. So, yeah, folks are more than welcome to reach out to me that way. Um, and if they'd like to give me a phone call, I don't know if the contact information is just going to be on the website. Yeah, we'll have it on so, the information. Yeah, yep, that'll be on there, too. So. Great. Well, However y'all want to reach out to me, I'd be happy to chat with you. So. Great. So, once again, it's Miranda Whitesides. My name is Donna Shannon. And thank you very much for coming in. Yeah, thank you, Donna. I appreciate it. All right.